Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. Welcome to a special edition of the Blood Red Podcast with me, Theo Squires. Now, with it being the international break, I've used the opportunity to sit down with a former Liverpool winger, Jermaine Pennant, for an exclusive interview. We uh, cover pretty much all things Liverpool, from his own playing career and Jurgen Klopp's current side, where he talks about Mohamed Salah's future and who would like to see replace the Egyptian one day, what he thinks of the current midfield options, Trent Alexander-Arnold's best position, and just Darwin Nunes' role at the club. Uh, he also talks about his own time from how Steven Gerrard tapped him up on the pitch when he was still playing at Birmingham City, his uh, up-and-down relationship with manager Rafa Benitez, uh, his Liverpool highlight getting to the 2007 Champions League final, and uh, infamous night in the Algarve when John Arnarisa clashed with Craig Bellamy. But it won't be the story you think as he reveals his own point of view on what happened out there. Uh, it's a good listen. Hopefully you enjoy it. So sit back. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. So firstly, just want to go on Mo Salah. He's had a great start to the season. Two years left on his contract, but Saudi Arabia probably are going to come calling again. What's your opinion on his future? What would you do if you're in his shoes? It, it, it's difficult. I think Saudi Arabia is always going to be there. They will, they're not going to go away no matter how long he stays at Liverpool. So it's all up to himself and what he wants to do. Does he want to still play in competitive football? Does he still want to play in Champions League? Does he still want to win the Premier League and Champions League trophies? Um, if that's the case, if that's your ambition, then obviously he's going to always choose Liverpool. But, you know, the latter stages of his of his career, you know, he's 31 now, so maybe you know, in, in, in three years' time, maybe he might start thinking about Saudi Arabia. But if he wants to be ambitious, I, I don't think he will be leaving any time soon. And then when that time does come, where whenever it might be, if it's next summer, the summer after, who would you like to see Liverpool sign to replace him? Oh, this well, where can you go? There's 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 not many people you can replace. Well, if any, um, replace Mo Salah really. Um, but you know, there's talk of Leroy Sané at Bayern Munich. You know, he's he's really, you know, a good player. He was great at Man City. Um, and when and when he left Man City, that was a big, a big eyebrow raiser. He's gone to Bayern Munich and he's he's, he's doing the same there. You know, he cuts in off the left like like Mo, he's pacey, he score goals. Um, so that wouldn't be a bad shout, uh um Leroy Sane. 
And I'm sure you'll get it for half the price of what it would sell for Saudi Arabia. So a little bit more money in the in the bank as well. <laughs> um, obviously, you are a traditional winger. You love to get to the line, get your crosses in. So I wanted your thoughts on Darwin Nunes. He must have been the sort of striker you'd have loved to play alongside. Yeah, 100%. You know, a big, big striker, you know, very dominant in the air. Um, I'm sure you'd have liked me playing alongside him. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, obviously, when you've got someone like that getting past the player and whipping a ball in um, and you know he, he, he's going to be there or he's going to fight to get there, is is always a pleasure. You know, I had the pleasure of playing with with Crouchy, which all I have to do is just put one in the box and I know he, he, he gets there, hence why I got so many assists with him. Uh, but yeah, I'd love to play in that team, in, in this formation and, and with the players we've got. Um, now, moving a bit more defensively, looking at Trent, uh, there's always going to be this debate about what's his best position. Is he a right back? Should he go into midfield? It's always heightened when he goes away with England and they play him in either position. But he's someone like yourself who had a great cross on him. What do you see as his best position? I think uh, it's, it's, it's a tough one because you wouldn't be you won't mind playing in both. I think it's just a great attribute to have. Um, like I said, he can play in midfield. If he plays in midfield, he's on the ball a bit more. He's got more range of how he can assist. He's not just um, restricted to putting a crossing from the right. He can play through balls from the middle. He's more involved in that. Um, so it, it, it's, it really is a tough, tough, tough um, question to to really answer. I think he can play in both. I think he's strong in both. Um, and it, it, I, I would say it depends on, on the team you play against where best to play him, really. I think that's best way to go about with Trent um, if you're playing against a team that's that you know you're going to dominate and you can have a lot of the ball thrown in midfield um, because like I said it, it just gives more options for the for the strikers to have players thrown in the assists and now um, Liverpool's overall midfield revamp obviously it was a very busy summer what do you think about the, the business they've done getting in Sabosli McAllister Endo and Gravenberch Fantastic. I think um, it's really night and day from what there was, you know, last season. We had no legs last season, you know, no creativity last season. And and now we've just done the opposite. You know, Sabozlai's came in, he's got the number eight jersey, big, big, big boots to, to, to fill with the number with the Steven Gerrard. But, you know, he's quickly becoming a, a fan's favourite with his energy, with his, you know, passing range, you know, the goals he scores, I mean, he's, he runs around non-stop, fantastic um, um, addition to that midfield. And then you've got McAllister, who's just absolutely quality on the ball, um, dictates play. And Graven Birch, when he's came on, he looks uh, a brilliant addition as well. Um, very technically gifted. And again, quick on the ball, eye for goal. So, yeah, fantastic. And obviously, we know about Endo in the, in the German league, how he can break down counter-attacks. You know, he's just got to find find his feet. It's still early days for him yet and find the pace of the Premier League. But no doubt, when he plays in that number six, he will come good at some stage. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. 
And that is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Now, you've brought us next, nicely onto the next question there by bringing up Stevie. Uh, I believe he, he sort of tapped you up when it was your own playing days when it came to your own move to Liverpool. Uh, I know you've said this story before. I just wanted to, an updated version for him tapping you up on the pitch. Yeah, it was obviously Liverpool versus uh, Birmingham um, at uh, at Birmingham and uh, St Andrews. And he just came up to me while the game was playing Um, said, oh, who's your agent? So I just told him who my agent was. And then he goes, oh, okay. And then jogged off. And I was just left there in a puzzle. So rather than thinking about the game, I started to chase him and say, do you want his number? (laughs) (laughs) While the game is playing. um, And he, he didn't really respond. So then I chased him further. You know, Again, the game's still playing here. And I said, oh, do you know him? And then he responded this time and says, ah, no, but I'll find out. I'll find out who he is. And then that was it. So then throughout the game, I had one one, one mind, one half of, half of mind on the game and the other half was thinking, what's going on here? What's just happened? Yeah, <laughs> that's how it worked. Um, obviously, coming to Liverpool, you link up with Rafa Benitez. Now, he's a manager who I suppose was very strict, I suppose, from some point of view. He's a manager that you wouldn't necessarily click with but how were those early meetings with him um it was a bit hostile at first it was you know it was a bit weird i would say my first meeting was, was he started he told me to write down my mistakes and on a piece of paper and give it him and then you know brainstorm how you would you know do right so from the get-go the first meeting was a bit strange um but yeah my, my time there was you know, I love being at Liverpool. I supported, the, you know, this team since I was a little kid. And it was a dream, dream to play for them. Um, but, you know, I think Rafa Benitez was just, was very, very hard to really work with. Um, didn't like to see anyone's views. It was his way or no way. Um, I felt like you couldn't really approach him. You know, obviously he's very successful for Liverpool. Um, his time there. But, yeah, I think a lot of people, a lot of players really didn't see eye to eye at times um, uh, and yeah and he wasn't the best man manager Was there a moment where you, your relationship changed with him because obviously you played a lot for him during that first season he's talking you up saying you should be in the England squad but then after that second well after that first season you've had the game of your life in the Champions League final you weren't in the team as much I know you got an injury and you sent off in the Porto game was there any specific moment you can pinpoint? It was, I think it all started from when I was playing that whole last season, the first season, sorry, with a slight stress fracture in my shin. Um, it would always ache after games and I have to take some, some certain medication to, you know, numb the pain. Um, and then the start of the season, the, uh, 
the medical staff, look, if you continue, it may snap. Um, so do you want to do surgery on it? So I did. And then I was out three months. And then when I, I can't, he kind of rushed me back in a game at Anfield against Wigan. I think it was 1-1. Um, I didn't play great. It was my first game back from, from a long injury. And after that, I just found it hard to get back in the team. He wasn't really selecting me much. And my mental health took a hit with it. I didn't know how to cope with not playing, being in the team. And I just wanted to play. And it, I kind of got frustrated and then slowly went off the rails like that. And he, he never told me why. Couldn't really approach him. So I just felt lost and lonely. And then from then on, my, it kind of just went from bad to worse um, throughout the seasons. And then, you know, kind of left in the dark. It's a shame because it, it did come off the back of what was one of your best performances in a shirt in that, that Champions League final. And looking at those squads, you must have been the only player who wasn't an international or didn't win this endless amount of trophies. So even though you lost your game, what are your memories of that playing against Maldini, Nesta and all these players you're running at? Okay, it's you know a highlight of my of my career. You know, a, a double a, a double bubble for me, as in I played in the Champions League final, which every professional wants to, and then I played it with my boyhood club, Liverpool, which, you know, those two things there is a dream come true for any young kid. Uh, and I got them both. Obviously we lost, which is a bittersweet moment, but to reach those heights and to do that was a fantastic moment for me. And playing against Maldini and Kaka and Seedorf and Pirlo, uh, Inzaghi, you know, those moments will, will live me forever. And then I'm very glad and grateful that I managed to achieve that with Liverpool. Did you swap any shirts with any of these players? Or you still got hold of your own one? Um, my brother's got my one. Uh, I want it back. <laughs> uh, my brother's got it, but I didn't. I didn't swap. No, but I think you know. I think the whole squad was so distraught because we were the better team that game. You know, we dominated the, the, the match, but we just didn't come away as 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 victorious. And um, I think the team was so down and upset. Uh, we just didn't you know feel like we wanted to swap shirts. Do you start the medal? Oh yeah, that medal's you know goes with me everywhere. Now I've still got the medal at home. I'm still there in the cupboard. Um, yeah, and it's just again, I, I know it's a runners-up one, but it's a great, great achievement to say that I've I've got one of these medals. Now, one of the big talking points from that season was Bellamy and Risa in that that training camp, and I believe uh, there was another incident as well. Which- Jersey Dudek, I think you and Robbie Fowler might have been involved in that one as well, but that's almost been overlooked somewhat because of Reese and Bellamy. So I was wondering if you were willing to divulge your point of view, what your version of events from that trip. <laughs> what, when Jersey Dudek got arrested? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, he, he got arrested. It, it was a madness. Um, basically, um, you, you know, was, was was out at the bar and as he turned round, he bumped into a, a young young female and, you know, her nose just literally went pop and loads of blood came and, you know, a lot of frantic. It was totally an accident. He just, as he turned round, they just bumped into each other. But obviously not speaking Spanish, the, the Spanish waiter and the bar staff and everyone's panicking and we don't know what's going on. The police then get called. They all get settled and then next minute, Jersey we see him get get, get handcuffed and um, Pepe go, goes over to try and calm things down. He then gets um, arrested and then next minute we see 
two of our goalkeepers getting driven off to a police station. And like, I'm thinking, oh my God. Uh, <laughs> then, yeah, then obviously it all gets sorted out. I think Rafa has to come to the rescue at some stage. But yeah, it was an absolute loot commodity that night. It was a, it was a madness. <laughs> what was the team meeting like after that with Rafa? Because obviously you've had Bellamy and Risa as well. Um, it, he must have been. Living. It was on the training pitch. It was you know everyone got on the training pitch. We um we, we all just before we train, it was a big circle. First of all, he tells Bellamy and 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 Risa that you know enough's enough. We end it now. You know, do you do diligences? Apologize, sorry or whatnot, uh, and shake as men, and then. Sester Jersey and, and Pepe, you know, I don't want it to, to to anyone. I don't want to see this kind of incident happen ever again, whether it's on tour, whether it's at home, X, Y, Z, it's not on. And we all just agreed and just literally it stayed here. It goes no further. And we went on to training and have a, you know, a, a good uh, few days. Listening to the Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.